Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Sparks Church, Spark Church's Christmas Eve service. Uh, to any of you who are newer to the community, I'm Mark. I'm one of the associate pastors here, and uh, we want to extend a special welcome to you joining us. We're so glad you're here. If you have any questions, basically, pick, everyone's smiling at you right now. Go ahead and talk to them about what, what Spark does, because they'll give you an idea. that They're looking at me kind of funny right now. Honestly, this is the first time I've worn pants in about 15 years at this church, so... Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so, uh, but if you look online, if, if, in addition to asking anybody here, you can also look online at Start Spotter, Starts, Sparter, Sparks Starter Pack, which gives you more information about the church. And of course, meet Junior, meet uh, Stacy, meet Marcus, meet anybody here. And we'd be glad to tell you about what we're doing here. Now, uh, you're also probably wondering why he's this guy wearing this, because this is not also normal to what we're doing. Uh, Today's service will be a little different than what we've normally done. Our service today will follow an order of service that matches the liturgical traditions found in Orthodox, Catholic, and Anglican communities. There it is. Oops. So, often, modern worship services follow a music, prayer, sermon format with the focus on the music and the sermon. And at its best, it can be a spirit-guided, Christ-centered celebration and a call to action. At its worst... It's a concert followed by a TED Talk. So, and in those cases, the temptation is for us to be passive, only receiving, and the congregation instead becomes an audience rather than actively participating in the act of worship. It's called a worship service, but we often treat it as a worship performance. So some of us might have no experience or negative experiences with liturgical worship. At worst, it can feel just as performative and it's, with its lean towards piety and devotion, it can feel disconnecting from God. But at its best, at its best, liturgies require the whole congregation to participate in the prayers, the rites, and in the music. Liturgy in Greek means work of the people. So tonight, we're asking you to work, to participate. There will be singing, there will be call and response prayers, communal prayers, and scripture readings shared by Sparkers. All of it will be on the screen for you to follow and to act on. And whenever you see the words all in bold, then we're all offering our part by praying and speaking in unison. If you like scripture, you're about to hear a lot of it, so get ready. And whenever you hear Junior singing, please sing along. There will be a sermon, and that's my contribution to our worship this evening, but I'm going to keep it short because this is about all of us and what we're offering up to God tonight. And the kids, the few kids that are here today, we're staying in here today, Okay. Uh, we're going to contribute here. I have some things that, you might look, that might look familiar to you when you're in here, so just give it a shot, all right? Uh, and while we're here, I'd like to thank Junior for leading worship. But also, Aiden on the guitars. And Elise on the tambourines. And clapping. Percussion. So we're all participating today. So, we are here. We gather here to celebrate the Lord's Day. Sunday has been called the Lord's Day because it is on this day that Jesus conquered sin and death and rose to new life. Let us be united in the spirit of Christ with the church around the world and celebrate our redemption in Christ's suffering, death, and resurrection. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God forever. Let us all together pray. 
Lord Jesus, master of both the light and the darkness, send your Holy Spirit upon our preparation for Christmas. We who have so much to do seek quiet spaces to hear your voice each day. We who are anxious over many things look forward to your coming among us. We who are blessed in so many ways long for the complete joy of your kingdom. We whose hearts are heavy seek the joy of your presence. We are your people, walking in darkness, yet seeking the light. To you we say, come, Lord Jesus. We praise you, almighty God and Father, for there is no greater power that saves and no greater love and mercy than that which comes from you through your Son, Jesus Christ, in communion with the Holy Spirit both now and forever. Amen. Please be seated if you're not already seated. And I'd like to ask Stacy Ishigaki Arabo to come up. We light Advent candles to remind us to search for the light in times of difficulty and longing as we await the coming Messiah. For every week of Advent, we light a different candle. The first represents hope, the second peace, the third joy. And this week's candle is that of love. We light this candle as a sign of the coming light of Christ. As the Lord has promised in days to come, the Lord will give you a sign. Look, the virgin is with child. She shall bear a son and name him Emmanuel, God with us. Isaiah 35. May we walk in the light of the Lord. Um, the people uh, reading from the book of Isaiah, Isaiah 9 through 6, uh, Isaiah 9, uh, verses 1 through 6. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light upon those who dwelt in the land of gloom. A light is shown. You have brought them abundant joy and great rejoicing as they rejoice before you as the har- at the harvest. As people make merry when dividing spoils for the yoke that burdened them, the pole on their shoulder, and the rod of their taskmaster, you have smashed on the day of Midian. For every boot that tramped in battle, every cloak rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for flames. For a child is born to us, a son given us. Upon his shoulder, dominion rest. They name him Wonder Counselor, God Hero, Father Forever, Prince of Peace. His dominion is vast and forever peaceful. For David's throne and over his kingdom, which he confirms and sustains by judgment and justice, both now and forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. This is the word of the Lord. And now we will sing from Psalm 96. And you please sing with us. The uh, refrain goes like this. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord, all you lands. Sing to the Lord. Bless his name. Announce his salvation day after day. Tell his glory among the nations, among all peoples, 
his wondrous deeds. Let the heavens be glad and the earth rejoice. Let the sea and what fills it resound. Let the plains be joyful and all that is in them. Then all shall all the trees of the forest exult. They shall exult before the Lord as he comes, for he comes, for he comes to rule the earth. He shall rule the world with justice and his peoples with his constancy. from the letter of Paul to Titus. Beloved, the grace of God has appeared, saving all and training us to reject godless ways and worldly desires, and to live temperately, justly, and devoutly in this age, as we await the blessed hope, the appearance of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to deliver us from all lawlessness and to cleanse for himself a people as his own, eager to do what is good. This is the word of the Lord. Please stand with me. Please stand and let us say the Hebrew word meaning praise the Lord. Alleluia. 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 I proclaim to you good news of great joy. Today a Savior is born for us, Christ the Lord. Alleluia. Alleluia. Please remain standing for the reading of the gospel. A reading from the gospel according to Luke. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole world should be enrolled. This was the first enrollment when Quirinius was governor of Syria. So all went to be enrolled, each to his own town. And Joseph, too, went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David that is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, to be enrolled with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. While they were there, the time came for her to have her child, and she gave birth to her first son. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inner room. Now there were shepherds in the region living in the fields and keeping the night watch over their, over their flock. The angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were struck with great fear. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, a Savior has been born for you who is Christ and Lord, and this will be a sign for you. You will find an infant wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly hosts with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. 
Please be seated. So one of the things that we do with Spark Kids is we show videos to help contextualize things. There will be errors in this video. If Danielle's online, don't let her know. But there will be errors in this video. But take it for what it is, context for people to have a better understanding. So as we say at Spark, uh, Spark Kids, first we say it, and then now we watch it. The story of Christmas. Jesus is born. This is Mary. Hi! You see, Mary was the mother of Jesus. But before that happened, she lived in the town of Nazareth. And she was engaged to marry a man named Joseph. Hello. Mary got pregnant by the power of God. Hey, huh? Joseph didn't understand all this at first, but an angel came and told him to still take Mary as his wife. Yeah, okay. So he did as the angel said. Not long after that, the ruler of the land, Caesar Augustus, wanted to count how many people were in the land. So Caesar Augustus ordered everyone in the land to travel back to their hometowns so that they could be counted. Joseph's hometown was Bethlehem, so Mary and Joseph traveled from Nazareth all the way to Bethlehem. When they arrived in Bethlehem, they looked for a place to stay. But there was no room for them. So they stayed in a barn, and while they were there, Mary gave birth to Jesus. <laughs> she wrapped him snugly in the strips of cloth uh, and laid him in a manger. Excuse me. And so the Son of God, the Savior of the world, was born in a barn in Bethlehem. On the night Jesus was born, there were some shepherds in the field keeping watch over their sheep. <sighs> Suddenly, an angel appeared before them, uh, oh. and a bright light shone all around them. Ah! The shepherds were so scared, but the angel said, Don't be afraid. Uh, okay. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Whoa, what? The angel told the shepherds that they would find Jesus in a barn wrapped in strips of cloth, laying in a manger. Okay. Then the angel was joined by many, many other angels, and all of them sang, Glory to God in highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Then the angels returned to heaven. Uh, what just happened? And the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Yeah. So they hurried to the village. You say that. And found the baby Jesus laying in the manger. Wow. <laughs> After seeing Jesus, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had told them about the baby Jesus. Everyone who heard the shepherd's story were amazed. Mary made sure she remembered all these things and thought about them often. Then the shepherds went back to their sheep and praised God for all they had seen. 
the baby was exactly who the angel had told them he was, the Savior of the world, the Son of God. kind of funny because you guys laugh at the same things that the kids laugh at, the same asides, <laughs> same exact things. <laughs> well, that's something that we usually watch. Um, and as we continue, this is important because I have a confession to make. I watch Hallmark Christmas movies. Are any of you, anybody else going to confess to this? Others? Okay, I'm not, okay. I still, I still feel ashamed, yes, but... <laughs> Yesterday, the New York Times published an analysis of this bane of our existence. Uh, you see here that they follow very specific tropes. Um, and they're based on a six-step formula. So first of all, at Christmas time, a female, maybe a lawyer, maybe a CEO, maybe a real estate developer, maybe a reporter, travels to a small town, step number three. And then, step number four, meets uh, childhood high school sweethearts, or I can't read the other ones, but you guys got the idea, right? There you go. Okay. So, after that point, oops, ah. after that point, uh, meanwhile, there's some kind of thing to, to struggle with. Uh, there's something that needs saving, there's something that needs organizing, or there's something that needs solving. The things that need saving could be a family cafe, an Alaskan inn, a dairy farm. Things that need to be organized, a toy drive, a ball, a fundraiser. Or a thing that needs solving, some mystery. Who owned the bracelet? Who is the secret Santa? And, in the end, the protagonist either decides to move to the town or the uh, protagonist's love interest decides to join her in the city and they kiss and almost immediately the show ends. <laughs> so, my wife Stacy and I watched a Hanukkah-themed version of this one day by Hallmark and it followed pretty much the same formula. During Hanukkah time, a female lawyer is in her small town of Seattle and is hanging out with her high school crush, who doesn't know, they don't know they like each other. Meanwhile, two things are happening. A Hanukkah toy drive is happening, and she's receiving eight presents for every Hanukkah night from a secret admirer. Who's giving her the chocolates? Who's giving her the jewelry? Who's giving her the menorah? This is all coming for her. And she has three potential suitors. Is it the dashing Gentile, Michelin star chef? Is it the Gentile tech CEO with a heart for kids? Or is it to her, her too busy for love Jewish ex-boyfriend who's had an epiphany and has come to his senses? Turns out it's none of them. It's the secret Hanukkah giver is the secret sweetheart from high school. And he can't stand being with her, so he's decided to leave town to get away from her. She can't, can't stand see, seeing her in love with all these other people. But eventually they declare their love for each other. He decides to remain in the small town of Seattle, and they kiss. It's so formulaic that even the advertising has, fits this pattern of, you see everybody standing, the colors, the prints, the location. Everything has just been formulaic. They're trying to change things up, but for the most part, they're still following this formula. Now, Stacy and I watched these, and we absolutely ripped them apart. <laughs> Because no one would behave this way. Everyone in the show serves the plot. And if the goal is to get the protagonist and her love interest together by the end of the show, then people will act illogically, events will inexplicably occur, and random strangers will do everything in their power for these two people to fall in love. And it's explained away as Christmas magic. Humbug, I say! Humbug! 
But the shameful truth is, Stacy and I actually like how simple these Hallmark Christmas movies are. We don't want any heavy lifting. We're not watching Ingmar Bergman or Stanley Kubrick. We want simple plots. We want happy endings. And there are always happy endings. And not just in the movies. We want people in real life to fall in love and live happily ever after, along with their families and their careers and everything that they're passionate about. You know, life is complicated and busy as it is. We want simple, tidy resolutions tied into a neat little bow. Because it's Christmas, for God's sake. And as kids, our parents try to provide these nice Christmas memories. They, they, they package them. They curate them so that we can carry them with us into the future because that's what's expected. Memorable, bucolic, familial, empathic, wrapped into neat little bows just like all the children's books and the TV shows and the movies about Christmas that we watch. So when life isn't formulaic and things go awry and get complicated, we say, but it's Christmas. It's not supposed to happen like this. But the truth is, the original Christmas was not a simple and sanitized affair. It was rooted in conflict and shattered expectations. 500 years before Jesus, a people were scattered and exiled from their homeland by an empire. Some were able to return home but others were lost to history. Those that did return remained under the control of foreign powers, simultaneously surrendering and fighting to be free once again and waiting for God to deliver them as he did long ago. Jesus was born in Bethlehem and not in his family's hometown of Nazareth because the latest oppressive empire forced the population to be counted for taxation purposes. His pregnant mother was forced to walk 90 miles And Jesus was born in a space designated for livestock because there's no room in the rest of their extended family's home. Jesus was greeted by local shepherds, not by the local gentry or government officials or emissaries or ambassadors. We think the Christmas season should be happy, beauty, beautiful, friendly. But even the original Christmas was exhausting, claustrophobic, and overwhelming. Because that's what real life is. Emmanuel, God with us, doesn't mean that God came to bring about his kingdom with pageantry and fanfare into some already existing utopia. No, God joined us in the middle of the messy and disparate circumstances in which we live, in which Paul wrote to Titus, a place where we await the blessed hope, the appearance of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to deliver us. Jesus comes into our mess to flip it all upside down and make it right side up. So if your Christmas, past or present, hasn't been filled with incessant formulaic happiness because your family isn't acting right, your bills are coming due, your career is a disappointment, your cherished loved ones are no longer around, or you're just not sure what lies ahead of you, please know that that is okay. In fact, that's what's normal. Not the hallmark movie perspective that we're told it should be. Christmas isn't supposed to be about happiness in your circumstances. It's about finding the joy in those circumstances and what God is doing in the midst of it. We are called to be the people who walked in darkness, who have seen a great light. Upon those who dwelt in the land of gloom, a light has shone. A light like the one this neighbor shows. Steve Hartman has the story of a man with the weight of the world on his shoulders and a neighbor who's eased his burden. On Detroit's west side, we found a story on a second story. It's a duplex. Yeah. 
Downstairs renter Colin McConnell says the new neighbors above have been disrupting his peace below. Those are the Detroit Lions practicing up there some nights, you know. In actuality, it was three peewees, running backs, and fourths across the hardwood. The kids belonged to 33-year-old Don Wilson. And for months, Colin knew nothing of Don beyond what he could hear through the floorboards. But when they finally met, Colin says he picked up a whisper of something much more. You could just tell something was weighing on him. So that's when I kind of was like, you good? And, that, and he just kind of was like, uh, not really. Turns out, Don had just lost the love of his life and mother of his children. LaKenya had a stroke and died this past summer. She was 39. Just not having that person here, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I can't be like her. Juggling the kids and a full-time job with virtually no savings was overwhelming. After Colin heard that, the noise from above became the least of his worries. He posted a video on social media asking for anything to help this guy. And within hours, the boxes started showing up on his doorstep. This is all for you, bro. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, bro. It was everything Don would need for Christmas and beyond. But he says the best gift was that it all came from strangers. That was the best feeling because with random people that you don't expect, that surprise joy. It was just, it's amazing. I never felt it before. Very soon, people around the world will be listening for sleigh bells. But in this tiny duplex, this man will be listening happily for the pounding feet of children enchanted and know that Christmas has come. Into this mess, into our mess, God has joined us, jumping in with both feet and eyes wide open. And because God is doing something among us and in us and through us, we can hope and trust that things can change, people can change, our world can change. Just hold on to God as God builds this upside-down kingdom. And look for where God invites us to step in and to find those moments of joy in the mix. Now, in most liturgical services, the congregation recites a creed together. We normally don't recite creeds at Spark Church because they're in parts incomplete professions of faith. For example, the Nicene Creed here, which was developed 1,600 years ago, came about from debates about the nature of Jesus and the Trinity. As an aside, the person who would later be known as Santa Claus, uh, Nicholas, the Bishop of Myra in modern-day Turkey, was actually present during these debates. This creed here speaks only about those debated issues, and it's not comprehensive, as it barely touches on the primary theme of the gospel, which is the here and coming kingdom of God. But creeds do provide a framework for our belief. They give us a unified perspective, and it is in this unity with millions of Jesus followers around the world that we should say this together. So please stand with me. And let us begin. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, one in being with the Father. Through Christ, all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he was born of the Virgin Mary, 
and became man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered, died, and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in fulfillment of the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, universal, and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Please take a seat. As we rejoice at the birth of Jesus, our Savior, we turn in confidence to God, our Father, praying that the peace and light which Christ brings will be welcomed into the world. In faith and humility, let us offer our needs to God. Please respond with, Lord, hear our prayer. For the church, that the people of God will always be a light to the world, for those who live in darkness, we pray in your mercy. For peace on earth, that the peace which Christ offers will be a reality for all people, we pray in your mercy. For the lonely, the bereaved, the sick, and those who are suffering in any way, Remembering especially the victims of war and terrorism, that the light of Christ will shine on them. We pray in your mercy. For all experiencing Christmas after the loss of a loved one, that the knowledge of the birth of the Christ child will bring them comfort and peace. We pray in your mercy. For all who are seeking a deeper understanding of their faith, that through the scriptures and through the movement of the Holy Spirit, they will come to know Jesus more fully, the word who is life. We pray in your mercy. For wounded families and broken families, that they may try to find a common ground on which children may flourish in loving and lasting relationships. We pray in your mercy. For the whole human family, that we may learn to live in peace, striving to break down the barriers of prejudice and intolerance. We pray in your mercy. God of love, Father of all, the darkness that covered the earth has given way to the bright dawn of your new word of your word made flesh make us a people of this light make us faithful to your word that we may bring your life to the waiting world we ask this through Jesus Christ your word made flesh who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the holy spirit in the splendor of eternal light, God forever and ever. And now, let us pray in the words of our newborn Savior, 
later given to us. Let's do this together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Therefore, we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Feel free to be seated. Holy and gracious Father, in your infinite love you have made us for yourself. And when we have fallen into sin and become subject to evil and death, you in your mercy sent Jesus Christ, your only and eternal Son, to share our human nature, to live and die as one of us, to reconcile us to you, the God and Father of all. He stretched out his arms upon the cross and offered himself in obedience to your will, a perfect sacrifice for the whole world. On the night of the Passover meal, when he was handed over to suffering and death, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread, and when he had given thanks to you, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And after supper, he took the cup of wine. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for the many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. We celebrate the memorial of our redemption, O Father, in the sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Recalling his death, resurrection, and ascension, we offer you these gifts. Sanctify them by your Holy Spirit to be your for your people the holy food and drink of new and ending life in him. Sanctify us also that we may be faithfully receive this holy sacrament and serve you in unity, constancy, and peace. And at the last day, bring us with all of your saints into the joy of your eternal kingdom. We ask all this through your Son, Jesus Christ, through him, with him, and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours, Almighty Father, forever, now, and forever. Amen. Alleluia, alleluia. Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Alleluia, alleluia. All are welcome at our table. Whether, wherever in your journey you may, with God you may find yourself. These are the gifts of God for the people of God. Feel free to take part in the table. Psalm 100. 
Cry out with joy to the Lord, all earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him, singing for joy. Know that he, the God, is that the Lord is God. He made us, we belong to him. We are his people, the sheep of his flock. Go within his gates, giving thanks. Enter his courts with songs of praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. Indeed, how good is the Lord, eternal his merciful love. He is faithful from age to age. Now let us recite the greatest commandment together. Jesus was asked, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Jesus answered, the most important one is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might, and love your neighbor as yourself. At this point, friends, greet your neighbors around you. Let each, let each of us offer a sign of peace. <laughs> 